0: Hypergamy tempts women to see every imperfection in a male as some sort of an abuse. Now physical abuse is an issue that can never be overlooked. It has to be addressed. It can never be denied. It must be confronted.
1: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Salty Pastor podcast, a podcast dedicated to helping you learn and grow in your faith. It's a journey that you must do on your own, but we can come alongside you. We can't do the work for you, but we can encourage you. We can challenge you and we can sometimes tell some funny jokes that may or may not actually be funny, <laughs> be but funny. <laughs> my name is Jesse Mayer. I will be your host and we can't do the Salty Pastor podcast without the Salty Pastor himself, Dr. Douglas
0: Peak. Well, welcome everybody. Sorry, I'm still a little froggy. Doctor Peak, you're taking
1: my you're taking my thing. I'm known as the guy with the low voice. You're not <laughs> allowed to steal my thing. Voice, we're doing so. <laughs> slow jams with Doctor Douglas Peak.
0: Reminds me of who was that Wolfman Jack? Yeah, that, guy? that was yeah, crazy. Yeah, yeah. but uh, it's good that you're all here today. And so uh, we're going to be talking about uh, the practical application of the Bible study that we did on Tuesday, where we talked about the the things, the qualities, the values in Proverbs 31, that the feminine brings to creation and how important it is.
1: So I'm really interested today on seeing how in the world (laughs) you are going to talk about women (laughs) to women and not get in trouble. Oh,
0: well, I don't know if that's going to happen. No. (laughs) Well, what I'm going to do is I'm going to stay away from opinion. You know, let's just stick with facts, give facts and, and, uh, focus on what does the Bible actually teach factually and what's happening in the world factually. And hopefully women can make up their own minds. Uh, they they'll hear some information and some data points. Uh, I would encourage men who listen to this. Our our audience is predominantly men Mm -hmm. and I would encourage all the guys who listen to this to not try to, to use these things, you know, as ammunition, you know, to go talk to your wife. Uh, what I would do is, uh, if you want her to, Engage with you on it. I would encourage you ask her to listen to it and then say, Hey, let's talk about it and see what you think.
1: Yeah. I think that's the best way to do it rather than just coming at them guns blazing That's right. saying, well, pastor Doug said on his podcast, (laughs) (laughs) um, okay. Well, if we're going to engage in facts and not opinions, what is the number one thing women should be aware of in today's culture?
0: Well, I think th- some of the factual things that we can uh, assess right now, based on all the indicators that track human experience, and these there's a broad base of literature uh, in mental well being, emotional well being, intellectual well being, advancement, and so forth, and it says that even though women today in America are the most free, they are the most uh, equal, most empowered, they are also the most unfulfilled. They experience less happiness. They have less meaning uh, across the board. Mm. So I think that the reason for this is the uniqueness of what it means to be a female is being diluted or removed. So for instance, one of the things is that females are unique and special in that only they can carry a child and give birth. Now this is important to understand. Whether you carry a child and give birth is not the point. The point is that only you have the potential to do that. Mm. So physiologically which impacts your mental state, your emotional state, your intellectual state is that you are physiologically designed to do that. And we know this to be true is that every single human being who's entered into the world has done so through a female birth canal. There is no other way in which that can happen. Now what's really interesting though, is that women are being told or taught or, or whatever you want to call it, um, in ways that are diluting this uniqueness and specialness. Uh, this is out of the Harvard medical school. Okay. This is not, Uh, some weird gender studies program at Harvard, this is Harvard med. Okay. Okay. And they, uh, released a statement that says, uh, that no longer refers to women as women, they are now birthing people. And the reason why is because under them, they want to look at the notion that there are males who can give birth as well. So they they have changed it to birthing people. And so this is their postgraduate and continuing education department. And it says globally, ethnic minority pregnant and birthing people suffer worse outcomes and experiences during and after pregnancy and childbirth. These inequities have been further highlighted by COVID-19 and listen to this panel discussion. So they, they did this big webinar about it. And so I think, What this is, is this is just a sign, you know, most, most people who are mildly rational would look at this kind of stuff and go, what in the world? But this is, this is the leading educational institutes for the most important things in our society, like medical care. This, this isn't a fringe group doing Mm. this. This is Harvard med that is propagating this notion that femaleness is not a unique quality. And this is, this is critically important. Like for instance, any, you know, orthopedic surgeons are taught that the pelvis region for females and males are gender specific. And so, uh, you have to understand that And the way heart attacks present in women is different in females than males. And so that's really important. Um, and so there's these types of, of movements now through these ideologies that are framing and manipulating scientific data for political reasons. And that that's really frightening. And I think what that does is ultimately undermines this whole notion that women are uniquely special and they bring something to the table that we need to recognize is uniquely special simply because they're females.
1: So for what purpose would people pursue this line of thinking? I mean, like what, What would cause them to do this? How in the world does it help females to undermine their uniqueness and those unique qualities of what it even means to be female? How, in what world does that make sense?
0: Well, my postulate is it's all about feminism. Uh, this is, um, if you look at generally historically what's happened, uh, movements designed to expand the rights articulated in the founding documents of America to all Americans. Over the years, have been hijacked by people who see the world through a Marxist ideology. So, what do I mean by that? Well, first of all, women's suffrage. Okay, uh, after World War II, uh, women's suffrage. It was started in the churches, and ultimately became known as feminism. Okay, so women's suffrage originally was, hey, we're not asking for anything special. We just want to have the you know right to vote, and that was the main thing. Women should have the right to vote and to also enter into contracts and to own property. So mm-hmm. that, that was a big deal for women's suffrage. So uh, Congress, which was all the males at that time, voted that, you know, that to pass that, that, um, that law. So they, they did that. And, but today it has turned into second wave feminism. And then third wave feminism is what it is today. And the only goal of, of third wave feminism, and we'll read some quotes from feminists, uh, has to do with equal outcomes, uh, and all in the name of power. And so this is Marxist ideology. And that is in order to get what we want, we create social unrest. And then what we do is we can impose a new social structure. And uh, of course we've seen any time that Marxist ideology has been imposed, horrific things happen. Equal outcome is not a good thing at mm. all. Equal opportunity is awesome, but equal outcomes is a horrible ideology. Now let's take the women's temperance movement. For instance, it, it became the women's temperance movement was initially designed to try to, to, uh, uh let me start again. Now let's take the women's temperance movement as an example. It started out as attempting to, uh, mitigate all of the excesses of alcohol on the lives of families. And it was also started in the church And what is interesting about the temperance movement is that it ultimately culminated in prohibition, which uh, we had prohibition for 10 years in America, a little bit over that, and it was kind of a, uh, an experiment to try to realize, well, we just can't do that, that level of control. And so, uh, even though women's suffrage continued, the women's temperance movement then was once, uh, the prohibition was repealed, uh, kind of dowed out. But what happened is this women's temperance movement about control continued the the ideology of, Hey, women need to have more control, exercise, more control over men in particular, because the, the thing that was injuring families was, uh, men were drinking and, uh, because of alcoholism, it was destroying families. And so that's what the temperance movement was all about. Mm -hmm. What happened is this over time next 20, 30 years then became. Uh, the underpinnings of the women's sexual revolution in the sixties. And it's really interesting is that this has been propagated on women constantly through feminism and. Uh, there's an article here, uh, written by a gal called uh, feminism, the bitter truth about feminism. And she writes about how she was a feminist and she said, as a budding feminist, I brought into the, I bought into the mistaken notion that casual sex caused no harm to men and thus it should be perfectly fine for women as well. So she was told in the seventies, uh, early seventies out of the sexual revolution movement is that uh, feminists believed that, well, casual sex caused no harm to men and we want to be equal. So it will cause no harm to us as females. After all, she writes, feminists were intent on leaving the male female playing field leveling the male female playing field, which meant dismantling traditions like marriage and commitment and in the process, encouraging women to imitate masculine behavior. And here's where she gets really to the point. She goes, It was emotionally painful becoming intimate with men whom I hardly knew and trying to pretend I didn't expect a relationship or even another date. But I assured myself that my emotions would eventually change. Despite the fact that my female friends and I kept getting our hearts broken, we didn't arrive at the obvious conclusion, which was that feminism had it wrong. Women are created by God to connect sex with commitment and love. And since we know in the deepest recesses of our hearts, that a baby is the obvious purpose of sexual intimacy. And since I, w- I was too naive to see through this lie, I concluded that I had to give the new experience more time and I would eventually achieve true liberation. So the reason why, uh, these things are being propagated, I believe is because feminism is a particular ideology, third wave feminism that desires to use women for its own personal, uh, ideological goals. Okay. And so the basis of the ideology is the foundation on which it is built is all about power. See, and so what they do is they use a Marxist ideology. All humans are placed in a hierarchy of power by class. Therefore. Uh, since it's a hierarchy of power based on class, you must destroy the other classes. And so the, the underpinning of this ideology, this Marxist approach to society is all about hatred and power struggles and war. So here's some quotes from some modern day third wave feminists. This is the, uh, from Robin Morgan and she is the editor of miss magazine, which is one of the top red magazines by young adult females. And she says this, I feel that man hating is an honorable and viable political act that the oppressed have a right to class hatred against the class that is oppressing them. So you see this Marxist ideology prevalent Mm -hmm. right here. Um, this is from uh, Linda Gordon, uh, a leading uh, feminist, the nuclear family must be destroyed. Whatever its ultimate meaning, the breakup of families now is an objectively revolutionary process. Uh, Sheila Cronin, the fem uh, leader of the feminist organization. Now national organization for women says this, since marriage constitutes slavery for women, it is clear that the woman's movement must concentrate on attacking this institution. Freedom for women cannot be won without the abolition of marriage. Uh, Andrea Dworkin. Marriage is an institution developed from rape as a practice. Uh, Sharon Stone, the actress, the more famous and powerful I get, the more power I have to hurt men. Uh, uh, Sally Miller Gearhart, if she wrote a book in the future, if there is one will be female. The proportion of men must be reduced to and maintained at approximately 10% of the human race. So she's, she's advocating the, uh, the uh, genocide of males simply because they are males, and so this is what the Bible talks about in First Corinthians, where it says, "Professing to be wise, they become fools." Mm. And you know, a little leaven will leaven the whole lump. As a female, um, I'd like you to consider that the reason you're not fulfilled, the reason you're not experiencing meaning and purpose in life, the reason that you are uh, wondering if there's something more is because you may have allowed these ideologies to creep into your thinking. And so you believe some of it and that's the problem.
1: So you often say what you believe is one of the most important things about you, right? What you believe about yourself is one of the most important things about you. Now, these ideologies are pretty radical that you're talking about. So when they seep into females belief systems, they could have a very dramatic impact on them.
0: Yeah, absolutely. It creates total chaos. I think you can, if you believe contradictory things, uh, this is what creates a lack of meaning, a lack of uh, fulfillment, a loss of happiness, anxiety, and depression. And I think that's why so many women, when you look at these indicators as we started this podcast off with are doing so poorly on all these indicators mm. is because um, uh, they're they're, they're, they're this ideological thinking has seeped into their core value system. So in other words, if in order to get you to pursue a certain path in life, feminists try to create a certain perception of reality, but the, the perception of reality is contradictory at its core. And I think this is what creates anxiety in the lives of women. On the one hand, feminism says women are victims of males. They're oppressed because they're in different classes because they are uniquely female. Okay. Mm -hmm. So because you're female, you're automatically oppressed. oppressed by males. On the other hand, they turn around and say, so in order for you to get out of this class structure and out of this oppression, you must act like a male in, in order to become equal. And so the end result is women pursue things that do not ultimately fulfill their internal thirst of the soul. Mm. You know, there was a study on why is there so few women who are full partners in law firms, uh, on these massive law firms that, you know, the extremely powerful law firms out on the East coast. So they went through and they just, they kind of looked into this and they were, it's like, look. There are more females than males in law school. And it's been this way for a couple decades, you know, more women are graduating from law school than men. Well, the premise was, well, the reason why is because the law schools have become uh, uh, empowering for women and all this kind of stuff. But there's this patriarchy out there in these uh, law firms out there that are misogynistic and holding women back and they need to break through this grass, uh, glass ceiling. It's all males oppressing them. And so they went in there and they looked at, and they found that the conclusion was astonishing because what they did is they started charting the life course, the career course of these women. And this is what they found is that women were graduating from law school, like Yale and Harvard, Princeton, Columbia, Brown, all these places, around 25, 26 years of age, passing the bar, right? And then in order to become a partner, your partnership is uh, dependent upon the uh, amount of revenue that you generate. Okay. So you have to generate revenue based on the cases that you are a part of. And so this requires being a part of a lot of cases and having a heavy case load, which means there's a lot of work. And usually around 80 to 90 hours per week. And what they found is that most of these women, when they first get out, they love doing that. They love working 80 hours, 90 hours a week. And they do that for five or six years, but about around 30, what they do is they start to date and they fall in love Mm -hmm. and they'll get married. And often what happens is they will continue to work heavy hours, not quite as heavy because they want to have some time for their marriage, but there's a dramatic shift when they have their first child. Mm -hmm. And what happens is that what all these women realize is that they lose the desire to work 80 hours a week when they get pregnant and have a child, their priorities change and what makes them happy changes. What brings fulfillment in their life changes. Well, third wave feminists know this. And this is why they are anti-birth. They will do anything and everything to get women to not give birth, which is kind of crazy. They are attempting to thwart the natural drive within women. Uh Molly Hemingway wrote an article. She writes for uh The Federalists and another thing. She's a very well known uh kind of analyst, you know, mm-hmm. on TV. She wrote a thing that says, If feminists uh like women so much, why are they constantly trying to change us? And her point is, is that, is that feminism is a specific ideology. It's very radical and it's trying to force women, uh, to hate men and to be anti birth. The, the goal is to never give birth because once you do that, you give up your power. Well, this to me just sounds absolutely absurd because it's a Uh, denial of your basic physiology and how you're created, how your body and your brain and your emotions, everything is worked and wired around this. And so why, why do you think that you're going to be fulfilled and happy by denying who you are? It's the same thing for males, you know, males are bigger physically generally. And so a male has to do something physical, and I, I, it doesn't matter unless you have some kind of handicap or inability. You should. It's not, you need to do something physical. Uh, uh, otherwise, you'll never understand how your masculinity works. You don't need to be great at it. You don't need to be, but you need to push yourself physically in some way because you're right. wired for that. Mm-hmm. And so, it's really important to understand all of this. Is that feminism at its core? I think is really trying to a third wave feminism. I want to be specific is, is trying to redefine what it means to be female by separating the uniqueness of what a female can do, carry a child to term from what it means to be female. And that's how you get to the point where you can say there are birthing persons.
1: So why do you think there's such a concerted attempt to convince women that they should be something that they're not?
0: (laughs) Well, this is basic atheistic, secular humanist ideology. The definition of a human being is not an innate quality. Human beings are malleable. You can mold them and shape them into anything you want. And so that's why they're doing it. It seems at
1: its core, females need to make a choice on who to believe when it comes to being fulfilled as a human being, the world or God, mm-hmm. what makes it hard for women to trust God and, and make these choices to allow him to define how they should meet their needs of their soul. Why is it so hard for women and women to trust God?
0: Well, I think the issue is hypergamy.
1: That's a word I totally know, (laughs) but for those of us who may not know in the audience, you want to, uh, (laughs) give me, give me a, well, the
0: hypergamy is really something that's important to understand. And that is this, And, and let me build a little context for this. Okay. Now the today in today's world, what you generally see is it is this principle. And that is, uh, the reasons relationships today don't work is because of men. Now this is propagated by this ideology of feminism that's creeped into women's thinking. And that is, is that the reason my marriage isn't working out or the reason why I can't find the right guy is because the problem is males. Mm. And, And by default, what you're saying is that, well, then that means women are relationally perfect. Okay. Well, Today, seventy percent of divorces are not seventy percent inst- uh, of divorces are not instigated by men; they're instigated by women. Just thirty years ago, just one generation, it was fifty-two percent of men instigated uh, divorce, and forty-eight percent of women did. And that is a massive statistical shift in a very short period of Absolutely. time. Absolutely, it's massive. And so, wh- where does that come from? Why is that? Why is that happening? Well in atheism or in secular humanism or in these Marxist feminist ideologies that have creeped into what women believe they have this underlying thing that appeals to the human heart right across the board. And that is, is that, well, there's reasons it's not working out is because of him. It's his fault. Well, that may be, that can be true, but it can only be half true. Okay. A relationship goes two ways. Exactly. It can only be half true. And that is the Bible teaches something different. It says that males and females are equally tainted by sin. So our natural drives are influenced or twisted. And this drives us to do wrong things. This is Paul's admonition in Romans 7. And he goes, I'm so frustrated. I do what I don't want to do, you know? So the female drive that comes, we talked about this in uh, Tuesday uh, in the study of Proverbs 31, is that part of their drive is community oriented females in general are more interested in people than in things. And so this means building a community. It means building a family and they want their family to be strong. They want it to be safe. They want it to be a capacity to provide all of these types of things. And then research shows that males will choose females based on compatibility and chemistry. Uh, their social status, the amount of money they make is irrelevant to males. In other words, males will choose females regardless of their social standing. Mm -hmm. Well, what uh, all research shows today is that for females, this never happens. A female will not marry down subconsciously to a man that she feels is below her on the social ladder. And this is the essence of hypergamy. Hypergamy is a subconscious drive of females to improve their social standing in the community of which they are a part through their male relationships. And so, uh, like for instance, you see this it's becoming more prevalent because now we have all this data that just shows it in black and white, uh, on all the dating apps out there where you, you know, you try to say, Hey, I like this person. They like me. And if you get matches, then you can kind of start texting. Or I'm, talking. Aware, I'm aware of this. You're, situation. You're, you're aware of how that works. Well, someday you'll explain <laughs> it to me, but this is what's really interesting. The data comes out and did you know, 75% of all females on dating apps, only go after the top ten percent of males. Mm. Whereas males go after it's everyone. A much wider yeah.
1: uh percentage.
0: Yeah, exactly. Um this is high pergamy on display.
1: I mean, we see this in a lot of our media as well. I mean, you you typically see it a lot in this like idea of all these regency kind of um, TV shows or movies, so you see these ladies that are looking for the prince or the lord or whatever to right. come by and take them out of their current standing in their family. I mean, uh, mm. Pride and Prejudice is based off of this. I mean, yeah, it's Bridgerton on Netflix, that's a big thing right now. I mean, all of these different shows, it shows this constantly. I mean, even in Disney, you see Sleeping Beauty and the prince comes to save her. It's yeah. very rarely some... Yeah. Lower standing the dwarf, person. Yeah. The
0: dwarf happy dwarf did I mean, not get. <laughs> yeah. And it's
1: like, it's not to say there aren't versions of that, but more often than not, we do see this, a lady looking to yeah. move up in some form or fashion. Yeah. It may not always these be are a archetypes. lord. Yes. An archetype. That these we are all
0: see. archetypes. Yeah. You know, hypergamy is what causes dissatisfaction within the relationships of females. So hypergamy is a drive and it comes from your good drive of, of wanting to build community, wanting to have a strong family, wanting to have a great marriage, all your dreams, having a prince come and pursue you. These are all wonderful, ambitious things, but how does the taint of sin warp that or change that in you? Well, it can create dissatisfaction within the relationships that you do have it robs you of contentment and peace. You always want more. What you have is never enough relationally. Hypergamy causes women to nag the men in their lives to do better or be better. And they're just simply saying, well, I'm just trying to hold them to a standard. Hypergamy causes women to subconsciously try and change their men and manipulate them in any Mm. way that they can. Hypergamy causes women to judge the men in their lives harshly, I know this is stuff that a lot of women don't want to hear because they may have bought into this notion that if there's a problem in the relationship, it's him, you know, and, and what's happened is our society has taught women to be passive aggressive. And so what that basically means is a woman will say, well, I'm not getting along with fill in the blank or we have problems fill in the blank. And then they start off. Someone will say, well, what's going on? And they'll say, well, I know I'm not perfect but he does this, 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 and this. Mm-hmm. And that's the basic argument that I have heard over the last 30 years in every marriage counseling session I've ever been in. And so, uh, I'm not saying men don't do that too, but I'm just simply saying hypergamy causes women to, to approach it from the standpoint that this man is not fulfilling or at the social level that I need to feel safe, right? So hypergamy, uh, really brings judgment out against men. Now there's a meme on the internet that pokes fun at this and it's very, very popular. I see it oftentimes popping up on different things, you know, YouTube or Facebook or TikTok or stuff like that. And a woman looks into the camera with tears in her eyes and proclaims my husband just told me he doesn't love me anymore. And then the background, you hear a guy yell. That's not what I said. And then she'll say, what did you say? He said, I said, I won't buy you a Range Rover. And she goes, same thing. (laughs) (laughs) So what is, you know, it's a joke. It's funny, you know, but why is it funny? Because there's always gotta be an element of what to make a joke. A little bit of truth truth in there. Yeah. And it causes you, hypergamy will always cause you to focus on what is not perfect rather than what is good in your relationship. Hypergamy feels the sense that you're being taken advantage of. You're not valued. You're being taken for granted, which is hard for a woman because she wants to be valued and affirmed. Hypergamy tempts women to see every imperfection in a male as some sort of an abuse. Now physical abuse is an issue that can never be overlooked. It has to be addressed. It can never be denied. It must be confronted. However, Because of the seriousness of that, we now have expanded it to try to include everything. We have emotional abuse, which does that occur? Sure. We have verbal abuse. Does that occur? Sure. Psychological abuse and even more. And what's interesting is that none of this type of abuse can ever be propagated on a male. It's always males propagating this on females, you know? And so. Why this is important distinction is because these types of things in this regard are really uh, detrimental because if you begin to look at all behavior as some form of abuse, and you can categorize any and all behavior, and let me go back to the meme joke. And that is, well, it's abusive that he won't let me buy a Range Rover. Then, then what happens is is that these things get super broad and it it absolves you of any responsibility for why you're unhappy in your marriage. Mm. Okay. And so why do we want to bring that up? Uh, because the goal of Christianity, the goal of knowing God is that if you want to be happy and fulfilled, if you want to feel like there's something, you know, you feel like there's something missing in your life and you want it to be fulfilled, if there's something missing in your marriage and you want it, we want to be more fulfilled. If you want your relationship with your boyfriend to be healthy and vibrant, then you need to focus on your own uh, hypergamy and as much as possible to see how it influences the way you approach and interact with your husband or your boyfriend. You have to see your own hypergamy. If you don't see it, then what's going to happen is you're going to be fall into a, blame victim response mm. and that ends up making you feel good about your anger, but it doesn't ever let you feel good about you. Mm. And so that's why hypergamy is a big issue. And so this is what feminism has done is it has robbed the wi- robbed women of self-awareness. It has robbed women of individual personal growth. It has robbed women of the capacity to walk in the fullness of their own strength and their own, um, individual maturity and wisdom it's robbed them of that because it tells women, if you don't get what you want, it's because there's some male standing in your way. And that's not the case in many ways. What the reason why females struggle for fulfillment and complete meaning and happiness is not that there's obstacles because males and females have obstacles. We always do. Mm. It's how do you overcome those obstacles? And Jesus says at its core, I desire to have a full life. Some translations use the word abundance. God is not interested in cheating females, holding females back. He is interested in females discovering their true and authentic self. And so it's until you discover that then you will never be able to find true fulfillment, meaning, and happiness and joy in life. Well, I think
1: you walked the line very well today, Pastor (laughs) Doug. Um, And I appreciate you sharing because I think ultimately what, what you've said is that the goal of letting Jesus define who you are as a female is that he has a path to authentic fulfillment in life, yes, yes, as opposed to every other outlook, which has some narrative or some agenda that's trying to use you to fulfill that Yeah. God is more interested in you fulfilling what you are meant to be that your authentic self. So we can't find out who we are and how we're supposed to live in joy apart from him, there's no way to do it. Amen. There's always going to be a gap. So we appreciate you guys joining us. And I hope that this conversation is something like pastor Doug said that you guys can go out and have conversations, whether it's with um, other men, females, Wives, husbands, all of those. I encourage you to have the conversation because defining what you do and don't believe and how you see the world is so important in making sure your relationships are strong and healthy. Otherwise you're just going to constantly be fighting a fight that you don't understand why you guys can't agree on. So I, uh, encourage you guys to have these conversations, listen to this podcast again, get some more information out of it and then have a discussion. So Mm -hmm. thank you guys so much for joining us. I'm excited to hear what you have to say on Sunday, Pastor Doug. We're hoping that your deep sultry tones are maybe (laughs) a little less deep by then, but I'm sure you will knock it out of the park either way. So thank you guys so much for joining us and we'll see you on Sunday here at Foothills Christian church.
0: Blessings.